Hello and welcome to The Blind Argument number three. I'm Davinia Lafroy, sitting and next to... Me, the beautiful Ryan Hotshooting. <laughs> Self-proclaimed beauty. That's right. So last week we were talking about transport and we rabbited on for quite some time, but we still have more to say. So we're going to just try and add a few key points to last week's conversation and then we want to move on to taxis and Uber. So just going over what we talked about last week, some of the things we touched on were how do you tell the number of the bus when it's approaching you? We touched on security, on trains and train stations and on buses. Mm -hmm. And we also talked about a few ways of finding, I guess, the train doors and just traveling in trains and train stations. Mm. So um, one of the things I uh, didn't mention last week about um, the buses and how do I know which number's coming, and as I said to you, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate that there's only one bus on my route, but I do know that if you're, say, living on a major highway, Great Eastern Highway, Shepparton Road, some of Perth's busier highways there, there are quite often three, four, five, seven, ten, twenty buses running along those areas, all going to a variety of different areas around the metropolitan area. How do you know which bus number it is? Well, obviously, for someone like myself, who's totally blind, it is a little bit more difficult. And there probably are some apps, and I probably should have done some research, um, but I haven't. But you did touch on one last week. Yeah, because Should I Run, which I I use regularly, I find that really helpful to let me know when the bus that I want is about to turn up. And I've looked for that in the Google Play Store, and I haven't been able to find it. So I need to do a bit more research um, on that one. But um, one of the other ones I didn't mention was for those people with low vision, if they haven't got a cane on them or they don't use a cane or they're um, quite confident and got their cane folded up in their bag, you know, what's another way that they could um, find out which bus is coming? And that's, um, I forgot about the uh, good old uh, monocular. Mm-hmm. You could use your monocular and get that out and have a look to see which number's coming. Or, of course, these days, if you're um, one of these technical savvy people, you um, you could be wearing one of the new Orcams or one of the other camera glasses, accessory type things that you can, uh, these are like little cameras you click onto the side of your glasses and if they can see the number of the bus, if you point in the right direction, they'll uh, read out the bus number to you. So there are devices, there are ways of doing it. It's Mm -hmm. not impossible. I've actually even heard of people um, holding up a uh, quite a large card with the bus number on it that they want. Now that's probably a little bit too, well, I know Ryan wouldn't do that, you know. Some people are comfortable doing it and some people aren't and I'd be one of those people that aren't too comfortable about doing that. But Yeah, um, but it's definitely an option if um, that sounds like it's easier for you. So there are a few of the great ways that you can manage that situation independently. But if you're happy just to ask someone, just asking someone who's sitting by you at the at the bus stop yeah. what number's coming next can start a great conversation and get you the bus that you need. But also be aware of the people around you before you start asking someone, um, you know, just, just watch their behaviours and pick up a little bit on what they're doing, what they're like. If it's uh, a couple of people chatting to each other and they sound quite trustworthy and quite normal, you know, that's fine. Um, I I would ask them. But maybe if it's someone and they're uh, sounding rather angry or anxious or, you know, a group of people that are quite loud and um, what's, what's, you know... um, 
Obnoxious. Yes, yes, obnoxious. Yeah, yeah. You'd probably not want to ask them. Mind you, you'd probably find that they, you know, they would actually answer. But it's about being sort of smart, isn't it? About and having choosing a few the right options. Person. You know, yeah. having some ways that you can work it out independently, and then having some ways that you can work it out with a little bit more dependency. Having both of those skills at your disposal. What would you do though if you're standing there and you're just not feeling so confident about asking someone? You know, you're, you're going, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Gonna, no, no, I can't. Yeah, so that's when I would just position myself in a spot to indicate to a driver that's going past that I definitely, the next bus that comes along that I want to take it. So I'd Mm. sort of stand there, I'd have my hand or my finger gesturing outwards so that anything that comes past that's Transperth is probably going to stop and then I'd be just asking them if that were the bus that I wanted. Mm. You know, I guess you could do the uh, Spock salute, couldn't you? What's that? Oh, you know, the two two fingers together separated in the middle. I'll show you later. Yeah, that sounds like something nerdy that Ryan would do, but nobody else would bother. Yeah, live long and prosper. Right. Um, anyway, so moving on, we have sort of now moved into security and we talked mm. about a few things about security because there's a lot of talk around, I guess, throughout the years in the media that um, public transport's not always the safest option. Mm. And like we touched on last week, as a vision impaired person, you've really got no choice, you know, unless you can get that driverless vehicle or you've got a never-ending pay packet or uh, parents with the never-ending pay packet, you know, you you are going to have to accept that public transport is your means of getting around. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you've got to be a little bit realistic and critical as well about whether it really is an unsafe way to to travel. I think that we can tell ourselves if we haven't done something very often or we're new to public transport that it is a scary, dangerous thing to do. But the reality is in preparing for this talk today, both Ryan and I were like, oh, you know, can we share a few security issues that we've had on public transport? And we really couldn't come up with any. So either we're two very lucky individuals or perhaps public transport in the main is really quite safe. Well, this is showing my age, Davinia, but I started catching public transport when I was about 14. Mm -hmm. And I can quite safely say now in the 30 years, look, everyone's doing the maths. Mm -hmm. In the 30 years that I've been using public transport around WA, around Perth, I have not had an incident that I've had to report security wise Mm -hmm. that I've had a problem. I mean, I've been on the bus with some obnoxious people on the train with some, and I've just m- removed myself from that mm. situation where and when I could. Um, but, you know, nothing that, that's put me myself in harm's way. So either Sorry. I'm very lucky or um, I'm, I'm smart about what I do. Mm. And I'd like to say or think that it's a little bit about being smart and it's about catching the train or the bus at the right time. Getting on the train at, say, 11 o'clock at night mm. and travelling by yourself, I would put that down in the not-so-smart category. Yes, um, although sometimes it's unavoidable, sometimes mm-hmm. you have to do that. But then catching the train at, sort of, say, the peak hour times, which would mm. be, say, between you know 6.30 a.m. and 8.30 a.m. on a, in a weekday morning and maybe, you know, say, 3 p.m. to around about 7 p.m. on a weekday night, you know, evening, they're the smart times. They're Absolutely. the times you're definitely, you know, generally not going to find much trouble because mm-hmm. you've got too many office workers or school children and things like that, you know, catching the train. So. Oh, I would totally agree. Similarly, I, um, I've i actually only had one very, very minor security issue in the entire time that I have been taking public transport, which is a little bit less than Ryan because I'm a little bit younger, but still a really long time. And I must admit when that issue did arise, the response from TransPerth was lightning speed. So I think when you do call out for help, in my experience, it's been, it's been very fast, very swift, very appropriate and um, has made things much safer very quickly. So get out there and take public transport, I suppose, is the key message. We also wanted to talk a bit about 
taxis and Ubers, which one to take when some of the ins and outs and some of the tips that we've got about taking those forms of public transport safely. And of course, there's not just Ubers around these days. There's all sorts of those ride-sharing apps that you can download to your phone and and use them. And I myself, and I know quite a lot of vision-impaired people that I'm in touch with, use all the time. And once again, it's very similar to catching public transport. Yes, I was a bit apprehensive the first time I used an Ola or I used an Uber or I used the GoCatch for catching taxis and things like that. But it's about sort of just getting used to it and slowly building up your confidence with Mm. it and eventually mastering it, you know, knowing it enough to be able to comfortably navigate it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been using taxis for a very long time. And so when Uber came along, I took longer than my I think, to jump on board with that. But lately, I've been catching lots of Ubers. So in helping make your decision between a taxi or an Uber, what are the points for you, Ryan, that you weigh up? Well, my my main reasons for catching Ubers over taxis is mainly on the price. It's just Mm. I find Uber a lot cheaper. Even with the subsidy? Um, Even with the subsidy. Mm. I find Uber a lot cheaper. Ubers generally turn up a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. I can track my Uber on my phone, although I am told that these days you can track your taxi on the phone, Mm -hmm. but I haven't downloaded the taxi app. You can do that, yes. Yeah, you can do that, yes. Mm. I haven't done that is because the first three lots of the um, apps that were released weren't accessible. So Mm. I think I myself have gone a little bit like, well, if that's the way you're going to be, I'm not going to play ball with you either, you know. But um, I haven't had any issues riding in Uber. I have heard of some issues through Mm -hmm. the media, obviously. But then I've heard of issues of people riding in taxis as well. So, and look, they're not common. Hmm. It's not like these um, issues happen every day on a daily basis. They probably happen once or twice a year. The problem is generally we remember those things that happen once or twice a year versus the good stories we'll hear occasionally. Yeah, absolutely. That would be my experience as well, that most of the time a taxi or an Uber will just pick you up from where you want and drop you off from where you want and it'll be a really unremarkable trip. I probably take taxis a little bit more than Ubers because I do find them a little bit cheaper if you've got the taxi subsidy scheme. And if you want to find out more about that scheme, if you're not on that already, you can probably give someone here a call to find out a little bit about how that works. And the number here, of course, is 93118202. That's 93118202. Or you can drop us a line info at visibility.com.au. And yes, the taxi subsidy scheme, I've still got it. I've still got my book Mm -hmm. and I still do use it. And it's a great system. You know, I think these days it's 50% of the taxi fare up to the value of $25. Mm -hmm. And it's available for those people who, I guess, is it classified as legally blind, I believe? So, So, you know, it's not straightforward to get it. You do need to go visit your GP and you do need to um, get some forms signed. But if you need some assistance, by all means, give us a call at Visibility and we'd be out more than happy to help you out. That's good. What about security in taxis and Ubers? How do you deal with this? Um, Especially because, and I don't want to get into the male versus female debate, but Mm -hmm. you are a young lady. And do you sometimes think or feel that that puts you at more of a risk? Oh, I think it puts you at more of a risk, but I also think there are some ways that you can mitigate that risk. So let's, let's see if we can go through some of them. If I ever get into a taxi or an Uber and don't feel safe, I will let somebody know, probably via text, that I'm in a taxi or an Uber and when to expect me home. 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes I've let the taxi driver know that I'm doing that as well. So I'll make a very loud phone call in the back, you know, perhaps to like my dad or my mm-hmm. brother and just say, expect me home in five minutes. Mm-hmm. And I find that that makes me feel a lot safer. I think sitting in the back of a cab or an Uber also gives you a little bit of a sense of distance and space. And it also can send the message to the driver that you're really just there for that service and not necessarily there for a conversation. As nice as that can sometimes be, if that's not something that you're wanting to have, then that can put a little bit of space between you and the driver. And I'm very mindful as well about how much information I share because even Mm. though you are in a car with one person, you don't know that person. So I'm really quite boundaried with my conversation. That's right. And so just be aware of how much you tell them. Details Mm. like, for example, you know, how many people live in your house or who you live with or where you're going and why you're going there. You know, you can give Mm. them a brief idea, but not don't give them all the Mm. details, you know, how many days a week that you're away from home or how many days a week you travel here or travel there. I mean, I've got a regular taxi driver that I use. So I do. There you go. Mm. I still use taxis. But that regular taxi driver, sure. And I see him at least twice a week. You know, he probably knows my movements more than I do, but it's it's because I can trust him. I've yeah. used him now for the nearly ten years. You so built up that relationship. Relationship, yes, mm-hmm. that's right, exactly. But if it's someone new, like I jumped in an Uber yesterday, and this particular person wanted to know just about everything. I think he almost wanted to know what size shoe I wore, mm. you know. And it was after a while I sort of thought, this is getting a bit strange. I'm yeah. not going to tell you any more, mate. You know. So I started just talking about the weather. Yeah. So you absolutely. Know. <laughs> so I think just taking charge of that conversation. You don't have to be rude. You don't have to tell them that you're feeling threatened. But maybe if someone's asking you too many questions, you just start asking them some questions or you just start talking about something really innocuous to fill in that time and fill in that space. I feel like we need a glossary so Mm -hmm. you can, these big words you keep using, you'll have to explain it to me after the podcast. I'm quite Um, sure that our listeners will understand (laughs) them though because I know that they're hard. I was thinking back to what you were just talking about then about being asked those many questions. This same thing can actually happen on a train and a bus as well. We got to remember. So mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, these tips that Davinia is giving right now about catching taxis and Ubers, you can think about this on the train. If you're sitting next to someone and they start asking too many questions on the train, same thing. Mm, just Don't tell them too much. And start talking about something else. Yeah. You fill that space with what you're comfortable talking about. There's actually a function on the Uber app where Mm -hmm. you can share your ride with somebody else. So if you are going along, you just really want someone to know where you are, you can choose someone in your contact list who can then track where you are. Yeah, it's a great idea. And I've used it before, not Mm -hmm. because I felt unsafe. It was just because I wanted to test it out. And on the way, I did have to stop at a shop. I had to stop Mm -hmm. at a chemist and get some eye drops. And my friends did ring me and they said, "Uh, what are you doing? You're going around in circles at the moment. I said, oh, no, actually, I'm in the chemist waiting to be served. So they knew that something that we'd stopped and something had happened. So So it really um, does work. Yeah. We also wanted to talk a little bit about how you get really specifically to the place that you want to go to because it's all very well getting your Uber or your taxi to drop you off outside your friend's house or the shops or wherever you're going. But the next step is to actually get inside safely. So what do you do, Ryan, if you're going to somewhere where you perhaps haven't been there before? Yes, you've been pulled up outside the front, but 
Where's the door? Is there a gate that you have to jump over beforehand? And where are your friends inside? Generally, what I do is ask the taxi driver or the Uber driver. I'll say, uh, which way is the door? Mm-hmm. And if I'm really not feeling confident, even after they've explained it, I'll ask them, could you show me to the door? Yeah. And I'll find at least 99.99% of them are more than happy Definitely. to do that. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll also ring the people that are inside. Say, if I'm going to a restaurant, mm. I'll get out and I'll ring someone in the restaurant that I know, one of my friends, and mm. I'll say, hey, I'm here. Can you come and collect me? And they'll come out and they'll come and grab me Absolutely. and walk into the restaurant. If they're all not there yet, I'll generally just walk into the uh, entrance of the restaurant if I can locate it and find mm-hmm. it. And believe me, I've had some fun trying mm-hmm. to find it. It's not always easy. I don't mm. always get it right. I have walked into some different places, mm. um, but I'll just wait for them and then they'll come through and they'll generally say, look, Ryan, mm. I'm only five, six seconds away. I'm not yeah. that far away, you know, so. Absolutely. Yeah. And look, that's my experience also that sometimes it isn't entirely smooth, but most of the time it is. And when it isn't smooth, it's generally just a little bit of a workaround and you can get to where you yeah. want to be. It's never a major hiccup. Absolutely. No. So don't be scared. Get out there, do stuff, take transport. As we've said before, if you'd like to drop us a question or suggestion that you'd like us to talk about on The Blind Argument, which we haven't really argued much about yet, but we're building up to it, all right? There's there's going to be an argument soon. (laughs) Please drop us a line to uh, Davinia and Ryan at info at visibility.com.au. That's info at visibility.com.au. Or pick up the phone, 93118202. Give us a call. We're we're here. We'll give you a chat. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Anyway, <laughs> okay. we'll put our thinking caps on and come back next week. Nice to have you listening. Thank you.